0: say something a video podcast so you can listen and watch it's like sports talk or news talk but it's life talk to help us walk the road together i'm kay and thanks for joining me and a few of my friends as we contemplate societal issues and ideas searching for truth so that together we can say something encouraging to folks walking alongside The incredible Sam Collier joins us today, offering a blast of encouragement by pointing us toward the greater story by sharing his.
1: Well, you know, God just kind of rewrote that whole story. And I, 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 I always say this, you know, even if you are given an opportunity, you still have to make the decision every day to capitalize on that opportunity. And that was, you know, kind of my journey throughout life of being rescued out of poverty, but still having to try to do everything I could to make the right decisions and to even right some of the wrongs that I even found myself in just as a growing team, you know, in America, so.
0: And be sure to stick around till the end because Sam's tips on a joy-filled life will for sure fill your tank. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. Okay, we're so excited to have you on today for so many reasons. It's almost like as if on cue. Sam Collier is a pastor, speaker, author, and host of A Greater Story with Sam Collier TV show and podcast. As a communicator and consultant, he speaks and contributes nationally and internationally at North Point Ministries, The Rethink Group, Orange Leaders, Alpha International Leadership Conference, Global Leadership Summit, and more. Sam lives with his wife, Toni, and their daughter in Atlanta, Georgia. Connect with Sam at greaterstory.com and at Sam Collier on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I mean, your story, it's sort of like, just share your story with us and the encouraging way that you do for everyone that finds themselves in trials, because, wow, you know what I mean? Sometimes 100%. I think that we compare each other and go, oh, one person, like, this is it. But what you've learned applies to everybody.
1: 100%, and you yeah. know, I think especially in this time that we're living in all around the world, uh, we need to know more than ever that in the midst of our mess, God is still able to create a miracle. He is still able to turn it into a message. And so I, I do think that there's hope in this season that if we continue to push on, if we continue uh, not to succumb to the pressures of our circumstances, but start to understand that, you know, it's not about the cards you've been dealt, but how you play the hand Right perspective, um, that things can change. Mm -hmm.
2: for everyone who um, will read the book, um, give them some insight. You're talking about the hand that you've been dealt. Tell us a little bit about the hand that you were dealt. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, my mother, biological mother uh, was 21. When she had me and my twin sister, she had three kids already. So that's five kids age 21. And uh, she gave me and my sister up for adoption. Uh, it was extreme poverty that, that we were born into. Dad addicted to crack, all types of drugs. Um, if you look at some of the adoption papers, it was, it was kind of a closed adoption. When you go through the adoption papers, it says that they traced some of her steps, my mother back to a prostitution house. So we don't know whether or not prostitution was happening, but we know maybe she was living there, but it was just a really dark kind of situation. Um, and we, get, we actually did end up getting adopted but even the circumstances upon us getting adopted when our mother and father, I call them our mother and our father, you know, my adoptive parents, when they came and got me and Sarah, um, the lady who was running the home said, they're probably not gonna be much because of where they come from. In fact, they'll probably be mentally challenged. Well, you know, God just kind of rewrote that whole story. And I, 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 I always say this, you know, even if you are given an opportunity, you still have to make the decision every day to capitalize on that opportunity, and that was, you know, kind of my journey throughout life of being rescued out of poverty, but still having to try to do everything I could to make the right decisions and to even right some of the wrongs that I even found myself in, just as a growing teen, you know, in America. So
2: yeah, you and Sarah could easily have used your story as a crutch.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and and, I, and you often hear that story about. Uh, adoptions, and, and even obviously foster care, but especially even in adoptions, it's interesting as I've shared this story more with different individuals and, and folks that have adopted kids and so on and so forth, they say, man, your story ha- has just been a little different uh, from some stories that we've seen with kids that have been adopted because they do, uh, not not all, but some uh, tend to find their identity in the sense of abandonment.
2: And the other thing right? that you bring out in your book, too, is Uh, the the person who was over the uh, foster care Um, and and she told someone oh don't worry about those kids because their destiny is not looking bright." because she took yeah who you who you were what your circumstances were and put you in a category and she couldn't have been more wrong and that happens over and over again every day to people yeah, and I think it's pervasive
0: right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and I love that your book is coming out right now because you really talk about how to live in trials in a way that's um, fully living, not a halfway living or just existing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you do that and how you encourage people to do that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, one of my biggest messages, even in this season, it has definitely been it's not about the cards you've been dealt, but how you play the hand. But also, it is about uh, the idea that within change and you know adoption is you know it's a sense of a change and, and, and this pandemic is definitely a change. You always have challenges and you have opportunities and and if we're not careful, we'll spend so much time focused on the challenges of our life that we miss out on the opportunities that are right in front of us. And I think that that. You know, in, in relation back to my story, it, it, you know, and, and even to the conversation about adoption that we were having earlier, you know, you have a choice. All of us have a choice of where we decide to look and what we decide to put our focus on. We can stay fixated on the challenges, which is, yeah, yeah you know what? I was abandoned. Yeah, you know what? You could take on a narrative of, oh, I wasn't wanted in the sense, or, hey, I wasn't whatever. Or you could say, oh, no, you know what? I was chosen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. I I was one you know, I, I did become one and, and I was accepted mm-hmm. not only by my adopted family, but by God. And yeah. so I think it's all about where you decide to look. And I think in this pandemic that we find ourselves in, it's about that. Either you can see the glass as half empty or you can see it as half full. I, I preached a sermon this past Sunday at a church called Rock City up in Ohio we were talking about the idea of the pandemic. And we were, and, when, and what we were focused on was just kind of, the, you know, this, the scripture about uh, Jesus when he's in the boat with the disciples and the storm breaks out, right? And the disciples are going, what's going on? Like, you know, they're freaking out. And they're so focused, right, on the challenge of the storm that they miss the fact that the Messiah is in the boat. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah. he's yeah. with you. And they were so, and that's why Jesus's response is, "You know, where's your faith at?" He's, what he's really kind of asking them is, "Do you not know that the Creator of the elements, right, of the water, is in the boat with you? You don't have to be afraid." And so I think with all of us, you know, we have these divine opportunities in the midst of this pandemic. Whether it's getting closer to family, strengthening a marriage, launching that business you've always thought of, having more time to focus, more time to pray. More time to be entrepreneurial. Well, whatever it is, you know, uh, just choosing where to look and where to focus. Where you focus will determine what you ultimately see and what you don't Ooh, see. So that's so
2: good. Kay and I have these conversations all the time, and and sometimes, well, most of the time, she's helping me refocus. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what we do—it's so easy to look at the the things that are insignificant and become distracted. from what we really um are to do but they seem significant in the
0: moment moment. i mean because even the the societal environment right now gosh it's it's so it can just it's so discouraging and can be overwhelming you know because it seems like it's just so huge and so i know that you've you've walked this road and so when you meet these things that seem like they're overwhelming what what's um what are Do you have a story to share on that? Or how do you encourage people to walk into situations that seem so overwhelming?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I I think it definitely goes back to, I mean, it's the scripture, right? I I think for me, you know, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Mm. Um, and, and, And I think what that scripture is talking about is just this idea that, you know, where you decide to set your mind um, will determine, you know, what your life becomes. You know, as you change your mind, you change your life, so on and so forth. There's a talking about set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. And what I've just found in the midst of trials and in the midst of trouble, um, just over the years, you know, you you you, you spend your time. And, and again, I'm not perfect because I've had times where I've been looking at the wrong thing, too, right? It's like... Or looking at the challenge of the day, and I think after you do that so many times, you know, you, when you take a moment and go, you know what? I'm going to try to look at this a different way. Um, then you, you tend to to, to to find things that you didn't know were already there. I have I have a story. I think um, for me, um, maybe about two or three years after I was at a I was at a a, a really large church that kind of went through a scandal some things and I won't, I won't share more about that yeah. but it's in the book I do talk about that in the book just kind of be walking through this challenging season of this scandal um, and seeing churches, you know, the church kind of dying and doing things and coming back to life and so on and so forth and maybe about two a year or so after that kind of just, you know, was upset with the with God and upset with church and upset with just I mean, the, the greater Christian community because I felt like the scriptures weren't working for me and you know i think one of life's greatest questions is always you know what is what is our purpose right and, and that's the question i continue to ask and i felt as if god was giving me all these visions but i didn't know how to actually you know take the vision from a vision to actually yeah. bring it into reality and i yeah. felt like i would go to church every sunday right and even after this and all these different things and, and I would be inspired to dream. I would be inspired to retire. I kept hearing, God has greater for you, and God, and God, and so on and so forth. And I, I'm like, well, where is the greater, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how, how, how do I capture the greater? How do I get that vision? How do I live in that purpose? Um, and, you know, I was broke and I was, so, I mean, I, it's a long story, but within that, I remember the Lord kind of calling me and saying to me, you know, in a moment, gave me an analogy and i don't know this is going to be a little bit of a funny analogy right but um,
2: <laughs> we need we need I laughter right gonna, now
1: <laughs> okay good <laughs> i need. think it's gonna i think it's gonna help you um have you ever noticed when you get a new car or a car you start to see it everywhere oh that's mm-hmm. so true mm-hmm. that's so true right it's like man yeah I, like well I, I had a a, a 1990 audience. that was the luxury version it was 10 years old so people thought it was new, but it was actually 10 years old at 80,000 pounds. So, so I got it really cheap, but that was like one of my first cars. And I started seeing this Audi everywhere. I'm like, I didn't even know when were they throwing these Audis out here? I mean, <laughs> 1990. <laughs> 90, and here's what the Lord said to me He said, um, Was it not there the whole time? That's so good. Yeah. yeah right? Like, if it's something when you get a new pair of shoes, right, and you get that dress, you, like, start seeing everybody have it, you're like, what? And and I said, yeah, God, he said, so what What? What made you see it all of a sudden? Because it wasn't that it wasn't there, it was something shifted in your mind, and you started focusing differently, and you started to see something that had always been around you that you had never seen. Yeah. And so, after I'd gone through that experience, what I started to understand is, is that sometimes, it's just as simple as refocusing our minds and looking in another space that we may not have looked at. If we if we, if we stay so focused on our hardships, yeah. we will miss the things around us that we really that we find ourselves praying for all the time. Yeah. Joy is yeah. always around us. Love is always around us. Acceptance is always around mm-hmm. us. But do we actually see it, or are we blinded by the pressures of the day?
2: Um, as a mom, I've got uh sons who are going into their senior year of high school. She's got twins. Yeah. So they're identical. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I yeah, I'm a twin mom too. So um the it, it's hard. They just got a gut punch and found out that football season is going to be delayed, you know, with all of the yeah. pandemic uh, right now. And for them and for so many other teenagers this is tough stuff. And they're asking, you know, well, mom, what's the rest of 2020 going to be like? Um, yeah, it's, it's their older brother who's 21 says, mom, I just can't help but think there's going to be some good to come out of this. It's going to be better, but it's hard to hear that when you're the teenager and you're going through it. Yeah. Help, help me encourage them. How do I encourage them right now?
1: Yeah. You know, First of all, being being a teenager is hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, aren't aren't we all just a flesh wound away from the teenage years anyway? <laughs> I
1: know. I'm just like being a teen is hard because you know when, when you're when you're a teenager, you know you, you you're still kind of understanding life, learning life, trying to figure out your emotions, trying to figure out who you want to be and who you are. I mean, I get, I can go back to those teenage years and you know, sometimes I want to go back to high school, right? I mean, because it was just like, you know, it was this own little kind of insulated world that you found yourself in. And so it can be hard, especially because you're, because you're, you're, you're not old, but you're not young. And you're kind of like getting to this point to where you're still having some of your first, right? Like you're still learning yeah. about what disappointment really is and, and you know, and I think, you know, it's the first time you have that massive disappointment. You're just like, wait, what is this? Like, I have, I've never, and they're having to go through this, and, and you know, this massive disappointment, which is COVID-19, in their teenage years, which is just crazy. I mean, I think for me, I went through nine eleven in ninth grade, and so... That was an interesting moment for me, just kind of walking through this national tragedy and all of that. And you really were just wondering, you know, where do I put that at in my mind? How do I now? We have terrorists. Wait, what are they, you know? What are those, right? It's like, what is that? And so, I think what I would say to them is, you know, a perspective is what really helps to shape you. You know, disappointment is a part of life oh yeah it just is except the fact that wait a minute this is just part of life right like disappointments are here then you know uh things stop happening stuff happens so the biggest thing you can do is accept that stuff is going to happen there are there are still opportunities for new things to happen and i i'll give you a quick kind of another example as we kind of talk your stories here you know i'm an entrepreneur and so you know, many people ask, but if you on staff at North Point? I'm like, no, I have the benefit of the brand of North Point yeah. without the responsibility, right? <laughs> it's just like, you know, and so people always laugh. Um, but with that, you know, I make my money, and this is, and I'm just going to be honest, because as we're talking to the teenagers out there, this maybe will help everyone. Is You know, I make my money on the road, travel. And so overnight, all of a sudden, boom, right? Can't go back outside. No more events. Wow, no more that's live so events. true. And yeah. so um, the entire speaking industry almost came crashing down um, in the moment. Live events, I mean, were over. I saw companies shutting down left and right. And so for me, I had a choice to make. First of all, I had to accept the disappointment. And, and I think accepting disappointment and emotions are so important. you got to spend time mourning. That's so important to have that moment of mourning but you can't stay there. And so for me, after the morning period, I had to make a decision of well, what am I gonna do now? Yeah. Either, I'm gonna, either I'm gonna wait until I like bleed all my savings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or I'm gonna create some, I'm, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and look for opportunities and that's what I did. All of a sudden I looked up and I was in the digital world and we were doing digital events and launching left and right. And, and you know, here's here's the deal, right? Like. Uh, so th- there were, I-, I-, I can't give you the exact number, millions of uh, businesses that shut down, small businesses that shut down uh, as of right now in the United States because yeah. of COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, but Zoom made $3 billion in three months. <laughs> 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 Zoom, the app, Zoom, Netflix, I mean, shot through the roof, what am I saying? There, there, there was opportunity there. And there was money to be made, but I had to pivot. And if I stayed so focused just on what I had lost, then I would have never went to find something new. So, so that's what I want to say to even the teenagers out there is that hey, football, is, yeah, football season is is has come to an end in a sense. But there are some other things that you can do that will give you just as much life. If you will mourn that experience, you got to mourn it. But then you can't
0: stay there. Hey, I'm really glad you brought up Netflix because I think another another um, another component of this of your story, the greater story, is time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if you look at Netflix, because I'm guessing that all of us remember Blockbuster. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't you remember perusing and then the, the all important decision of what you were going to rent?
2: Oh my gosh. And okay. then the late fees.
0: Okay, but that's what's so right. interesting because if you think about Netflix, when it started, people I mean, people were like, That'll never work. That will never right. work. Oh, I said right. that about the inner the, the shopping Amazon. Yeah, okay, so but they didn't quit. That's I, that's why I'm glad you brought that up because they did not stop. They kept going and it was baby step, baby step, baby step, baby step endure endure and then bam I mean it really did there's a there's yeah. a part of time and in the waiting the being still
2: but the continuing to trust and walk what you said yeah. just described his life don't you think Sam I mean do you see that it's, it was the baby step the baby step the baby step you had you faced so many different no yeah. and so many different right. challenges and um, gosh That you have been prepared, even now, to pivot because of the tough stuff that you've dealt with, and the ability to do
1: it. Yeah, willingness. Yeah, I mean, after a while, and I think you guys know this as well, because I'm sure. I mean, you guys have lived some life, at least, and you know, you just after a while of of just going through thing after thing after thing, you you just, you know, you just learn how to make a choice, and it's going. What am I going to do? I mean, am I going to stay down, or am I going to keep going? And and I think for me, that, that has always been my thing. My dad was that way. And, you know, the one that raised us, he had a barbershop down on Auburn Avenue and he just raised us to never give up, to not, and you know, and a little bit of this is being black in America for a second. If we if we go there for, I, I think for me, I kind of write about this in the book that I grew up on Auburn Avenue, um, which is kind of the birthplace of civil rights here right in, in the united states and there's a there was a, a moment where i just kind of talked to my dad which i didn't even realize like i grew up across the street from the Martin Luther king jr center where mlk and coretta scott king uh their tombs sit above ground and if you walk a little bit further down the street you see a mural of john lewis if you walk even further down the street you see you know a statue of hank aaron and all of these Black civil rights leaders. And so what it taught me was that my color didn't have to be a crutch, okay. but that my color could be an opportunity to overcome because I consistently saw black leaders in spite of the oppression that they had found in this country over the last whatever, 400 years, whatever, still rise to the occasion. And so I think growing up in that, it just taught me, you know, that, Obstacles don't have to be setbacks, they can just be obstacles.
0: Man, that's mm-hmm. a good word. Mm-hmm. Okay, whenever we have someone on, we throw a curve ball at the end. You ready? <laughs>
1: I'm is, so excited. Well, and this
0: is it. And I think I think it's right right in your wheelhouse. You'll home run it like Hank Aaron. <laughs> um, home run it. Home run it. Mm-hmm. So we love to know from folks uh, what your what your tips are, like top five. You could do one or two or whatever to a joy filled life.
1: Woo! Wow. I, I, top number one. I'm gonna start off light. Humor,
0: mm-hmm. so good.
1: You have to create intentional moments to laugh. Yeah. Can I tell you this? And this is kind of going back to kind of our perseverance, you know, and persevering. It sounds it sounds fancy for me when I say it because I'm just like, oh, you got to push it, you got to do this, you got to do this. Um, and I did learn how to do that, but that you know that's easier said than done, especially when the pressure really hits, right? Yeah. And the process of overcoming and the process of persevering is is much more difficult than just saying it. And I think for me, when the pressure is on the most, when I am at my lowest, when things are the heaviest, the number one thing I do is turn on a comedy special. Oh my
2: mm-hmm. gosh, it's so true, Sam.
1: Yeah, it's it the just, number one.
2: Thing yeah. I- yeah. Okay. And and with that, and I don't want to take you off with the top five things. The boys and yeah. I are trying to find something to laugh about, and we've been intentionally trying to do this at home. Why isn't there a Christian comedy situation show? You know, the Christian shows seem to be so dramatic.
0: I don't it's- know, but I will tell you both that we have started watching BBC because they have some of the funniest shows that are right. just funny and I clean. Mean, you just laugh, and so we right. all have been sitting around laughing. And as silly as this is, America's Funniest Home Videos, it's, I mean, yeah. how can you not laugh at yeah. that stuff? And how you're right. You, you, you feel so much better. Like, and when you do it together, you're all laughing together and it's, it's rich. That is so, it. so good. Yeah. So thank you for the number one.
1: Okay, number two. Number one, you gotta have humor. I think yeah. number two, you have to do things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You have to do things you enjoy. Uh, I think humor is, is different from things that you enjoy, even though you enjoy humor. I think, you know, one of the things for me, I love listening to music, love listening to music. And so sometimes I'll just, you know, I, I'll just get in the car and drive downtown or where I'm going and I'll just, i intentionally will not call anyone. I'll put the music on and listen to some of my favorite songs. And I just go, I don't get on a plane without my headphones. Because it's just something about that music that just I enjoy it mm. so much. Basketball is something that I enjoy. Cooking for some other people maybe things that they enjoy, or mm. going to concerts, going to shows, mm. watching movies is something I thoroughly enjoy. And so I think you have to carve out intentional time. Now I think some I think over the years we have demonized enjoyment a little bit. Um, okay, right. Because it's like, well, you got work to do and you're selfish. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. How dare you take time to enjoy something when we've got all this to do?
0: Yeah, because it used to not be 24 7. I mean, you really can work 24 7. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that all of our, even when we were growing up, there was, I know my dad left at 9 and really did come home at 5. And so, and there was a work day. My Mm -hmm. mother owned a store and the store closed at 5 o'clock, you know? So, yes, time to enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you see
2: me? I can
1: still, we can still see you. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome, um, 100%, percent you got to carve out time to enjoy. Because, you know, for me, I had to redefine enjoyment. I had to say, you know what, you no, know, this is a part of work. Oh, that's because, so good. You know, like, even sleep for me, I had to read now, but you like, okay, you're going through part of it. But, but I had to, I had to redefine rest. And I had to redefine enjoyment so that I could understand that no, you know, me enjoying things is actually a part of my health yep. and mm-hmm. that was, that will help me do more
2: work. Yeah. So I think those are the two things I'll just say. <laughs> good. Those are good too. So those are good too. Thank you for that. And, um, yeah, and just kind of. Where we are right now, we need to, um, we're in a time where we are having to redefine things. And if you're stuck with the way it used to be, and why can't we get back to this, that, or the other, you're going to be disappointed. And so you've given us some nuggets. You've talked about the disappointment. You've talked about pivots. You've talked about um, taking care of yourself. And purpose and perspective
0: and not giving up, that's right. Okay, your last word on the, cause I love the title of, I mean, just what you do, the mm-hmm. greater story and yeah. um, it's powerful. And so just close us out on the greater story.
1: Yeah, I would just say, you know, buy the book because all of everything I'm saying, I go into deeper detail about it in the book. I mean, we really spent so much time and so many teams worked around this to make sure um, that it was that it would resonate and that it would actually be helpful. Eleven rounds of edits, guys. Eleven rounds of edits.
2: Case and author, and so yeah, you know Recus about that pain
1: okay. <laughs> Yeah, so it's hard work, we did it just for you. If I were to leave you one statement, I'd say this: that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, you made the choices to, to have a greater story, so yep. wonderful. Well done. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for story.
0: sharing and for being on our, our hilarious show. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So Sam just gave us a good word and mm-hmm. we're just going to say thank you. You encouraged us today. And wow. so as our tanks are filled, I mean, it'll be easy to go out and share an encouraging word with somebody. And so we hope that you'll do the same. And uh, thank you, Sam. And until next time, have a great day. Make it a greater story. Love you. (laughs) Our very special thanks to Sam Collier. Connect with Sam at story.com or at Sam Collier on Twitter and Instagram or Facebook. Or listen to Sam on his amazing Greater Story podcast. But more than anything, be sure to check out and be blessed by Sam's book, A Greater Story, available at all major booksellers. And a very special thanks to you. Want to stay connected? Visit SaySomethingShow.com and sign up to our mailing list. Or check us out on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, listen on Apple Podcasts, or check out our channel on Truly Media. See you next time on Say Something.